everybody and welcome to the Fuji Love Podcast. This is a show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series, GFX cameras, and the photographers who love using them. I am Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. I'd like to welcome Ben Chrisman onto the show. Ben, how you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? Thanks, Mark. It's awesome. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Uh, ben, you are a wedding photographer in the San Francisco area? Well, we were in San Francisco for about 10 years and five years ago. And in 15, my wife Erin and I moved across the country to her hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. And that's where we live now. Oh, right on. Cool. I saw a lot of uh, San Francisco-based photos. <laughs> there is, and Ryan Zhang, our associate, still lives in San Francisco. Um, with Vladimir uh, Halufka, our videographer, lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And Mauricio Adias, our associate, just moved to Italy. Um, so we're kind of all over the place. You are a worldwide operation. <laughs> I, I guess so, with Mauricio being <laughs> Well, it's great to have you on the show. And uh, Chris... You are one of Fujifilm's brand new Fujifilm creators. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about it, actually. Um, so tell us I've about been... that. That's a very new process. It's it's a, Is it different from being a, an ex-photographer to be an ex-creator? It is. I think so. I mean, and I think it's so new that they're kind of figuring out exactly what everything means, too. I think you've got someone like Kevin Mullins or Jonas... And those guys are like the original ex-photographers. And I, I'm kind of speaking without knowing what I'm talking about a little bit. But you, all those good. guys, they're like the A-team, right? And then, <laughs> um, and so they created this new kind of category for ex-creators. And um, and that's what I'm involved with. It's not a full-fledged like ex-photographer. I don't understand the difference. Um, Fuji's just really great to work with no matter what. So I can't, I don't think there's, you know, better or best it's just like cool that i get to actually have a conversation with someone that works at fuji nice and so what is so what have you done so far with being uh x creator it is a very brand new thing so i might be putting you on the spot here um, no 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 it's um we have well i started talking to fuji a while back just to talk like i didn't want anything they weren't trying to get anything from me it was just like I love these cameras so much. I would really be interested in just being a part of like helping out in any way, shape or form. Like yeah. I don't need cameras. I don't need anything. I just want to, and we shot Nikon, we've shot Canon. I had zero interest ever with working with those two businesses. Yeah. And so Sony's, I can't stand shooting at all. Even though they're great cameras. <laughs> Stay um, down, but Sony. Like, <laughs> but, but I kept asking my friends around like in Canada and England, like, do you guys know anyone at Fuji? Like, I just want to talk to someone at Fuji. And I was just, I tried to be very patient because I've been shooting with Fuji since the original um, X100. Right on. And it's, so it's taken me eight years to like, before I finally talked to someone last year. And then I think that conversation led into them saying, okay, you should apply to this ex-photographer um, program. And I said, heck yeah, I'm, I'm in. And so I did. Um, and then, right, so the last few weeks, um, have, or last couple of months, two or three months, we've been getting our portfolios together for them. Of course, they're a big corporation, so you can't, everyone has to have a model release. So a lot of the photos that I've taken, you know, like on the street or anything, I can't use. 
uh, which I maybe you realize why Jonas shoots so many so much on the street of like details and like color and shapes and forms because it must be a lot easier to use those photos on Fuji's website when you don't have to have model releases for people. Oh yeah, that's, that's something to consider. Yeah, which I've, I he's such a great shooter, but and sometimes I wonder why there aren't more people in it. I I think it's because model releases are a pain in the butt. Yeah. So we've been figuring out like everyone's portfolio. We've got like a group together, like a chat where we talk a lot. Um, and so that's the big, the rollout of it was, you know, very like calm and no stress. And we submitted our photos and made sure everything was legit. And um, it went from there. Right on. And so you're speaking very enthusiastically about the, the, the products. What is it about Fujifilm that really drew you into the system? Because it made me want to take pictures. Um, so even when I shot Canon and, and, and Nikon in that bridge, we switched from, we switched from Canon to Nikon kind of around 15, I think 2015, 14. Yeah. And no matter what camera, main camera system I used, I always had a Fuji on me and that's the camera everyone knows me to carry every day because I'm always taking pictures of them, whether it's, you know, at a photo conference or just out and about having dinner, blah, blah, blah. I've always got a camera on me and it's always been Fuji. And so I've had so many Fuji cameras, I can't, I don't even remember all the ones I've owned because I would get, I would only have one. I had the X100 and then I got an X-T1 and I had an X20 and I just, I've run the gamut with it. Yeah. Um, so it was fun going back through my last 10 years or eight years of photos and real and seeing all these pictures I'd taken with Fujis. And a lot of them have been like my favorite photos that I've taken. Um, and I think that's just because I always have the, the camera on me. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I feel like photographers are one of two ways. You're either, you love the process of taking the picture or you like the results. So either like getting out there and meeting people and seeing the world, or you like sitting behind your desk and playing in Photoshop, right? Yeah. I'm definitely on the front end of that where I like the process of things. That's why I like, I like cooking a lot. I don't really like eating a lot. <laughs> like <laughs> eating, I try to eat as fast as possible, but I'll spend two hours making dinner right. because I like the act of doing it. Um, and so that's why I really like just intrinsically, I love Fuji because I feel like they built cameras to make it a little bit more difficult and a little bit more organic, a little bit more fun. Um, I started with film cameras. Um, and so I have that background, but I was never like, I, you know, I used basic film cameras. I never had a Leica or anything like that. I do yeah. have a Leica now, but I don't hardly ever use it because it's film. Um, but I've always just liked the process of, of turning knobs and making it a little bit more challenging. That's one reason why I'm not a Sony fan. It's too easy. Those things just, they're, they're computers and I want to shoot a camera. Yeah. And I think to your point, they, they do talk to a different audience type of audience where yeah i think from i mean all kidding aside uh fujis are uh great cameras put a little asterisk there not fujis they're, they're not fujis still <laughs> um yeah. but um what could i say i love the home team um they i think are kind of like the continuation of canon and nikons where it's it, it's yeah it just feels like a natural progression if you were to think of it like that. Whereas Fuji's is, uh, it's a little more hands-on, a little bit more tangibility to it. Uh, I mean, I'm speaking from my point of view, 
it, it's what drew me to it. And, and then right. uh, being able to do things in just, just that tangibility with the being able to play with your settings and really trusting the camera to produce great color, uh, the color science and everything, I, I think is just just brilliant. Um, yeah, and they're fun to they're fun to shoot, and they're small enough to carry with you everywhere. I mean, that's a big deal for me. I'm never the guy that takes out a phone and takes a picture. I hate phones. I don't even want to look at my phone, so I'm never going to take a picture with it unless yeah. I have to. So I need a camera that's going to be you know over my shoulder all the time, and that's always been a Fuji. Right on. What what is your favorite all purpose carrying camera? Um, oh, that X Pro Three. Right sure. Because I go back and forth between wanting a 28 or a 35 or a 50. And yeah. so I can't, I don't even own an X100 anymore because the X-Pro3 is so good. I think the X-T4 is definitely the best camera that Fuji puts out besides their medium format stuff. Like my wife shoots the X-T4 and that's been the only camera that would make me even consider not shooting the X-Pro3 because the X-T4 is so good. How has the 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 screen issue well, i mean not issue how has the screen thing been for the x pro 3 uh, in your the point screen of view? is my favorite part of it i i i like i'm never going to use my phone to shoot i'm never going to look at the back of the lcd and shoot so having that covered has been great that's one of the main reasons i love the x pro 3 so much um and that's one of the reasons I actually like the xt4 is because i can flip that screen around and i never have to see it and there's it's actually more protective than the x pro 3 but the x pro 3 you still got that little subscreen right that i can break and i will break eventually i break all of them <laughs> with the xt4 i will never break that because i'll never have the lcd showing interesting so it's amazing. That's one reason I love the X-T4 so much, besides the 15 frames per second and that new shutter. It's just it's just a badass camera. That is for certain. Um, but let's rewind the clock. Uh, you mentioned uh, getting started in film. Let's bring it back to when you first fell in love with photography, That that, that the, the bug bite that started it all. Uh, how did you get into... Photography. What was what was the first thing that you you photographed that made you fell in love with the craft? Oh gosh, man! I I know that when I was like eight, I wrote in a book like you know it says, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And I wrote photographer. So there's I have no idea why that happened or why I've always had this kind of a love affair with photography. But um, I was a high school yearbook photographer, and then the first two years of college, I kind of forgot like you have to take all the general ed requirements, and yeah. I was just. I, w I was kind of quiet and I wasn't involved in college really. Um, so I kind of just kind of lost those two years. Yeah. Where'd you was, go? Was that uh, New Mexico State University in Las Cruces, New Mexico, which is my parents moved from Florida to New Mexico just so I would go to school in that town because it's relatively small. It's safe. You know, they, they it was kind of set up for me to go there. I never had any like big plans to like go to a good photography school. I, it, that wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. Like some of my friends like Craig Fritz went to Kentucky. Um, other friends went to Columbia, like good journalism schools. I never even thought about that. Um, and my mom was very artsy. So she always encouraged me to do something more creative. And then when I was 20, I took a documentary photography class by professor Sterling Trantham. And then that sealed it. I mean, once he instilled, once he taught me documentary photography, you know, Robert Frank, Kappa, 
Cartier Brisson, all those guys. And I went, this is, this is all I want to do the rest of my life. And that's pretty much all I've done the rest of my life is some extension of that class with Sterling. Awesome. That, that is such a great feeling. And that that's the same for me. Uh, photojournalism was, was uh, helped me become a photographer. Uh, I, yeah, it's I, great, I, isn't it? It, it is. It, I started off as a, as a journalist, a, a writer, and I was taught photojournalism because the newspaper didn't have a budget mm-hmm. for always having a photographer on staff. So, um, yeah, the, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it, My it, first job was the same thing. I read out of school. I was a police reporter, the city beat reporter, and I shot everything. Nice. So, and then four months later, you know, it, I took a new job, but like in journalism where I start shooting more, but yeah, that means my wife too started as a writer as well. So like something in that, I guess. So that was your next progression being a, a, a reporter uh, doing the photography and writing. Well, the next step I, after I got the, once that job where I was writing and shooting, I took a job as just a police reporter at Las Cruces Sun news. My friend Vlad kind of helped me get the job and Vlad is uh, still in now we work together with Christmas studios. Like he's our videographer. So yeah, it's, I've had, I've, he's my, my oldest friend. So I, when I was the police reporter, Vlad would let me shoot all my crime scenes. And so I built up a portfolio of basically, you know, people dying, <laughs> you know, car accidents, things like that. And then a job opened up in the sister paper up in Farmington, New Mexico, and my portfolio got me that job. And so wow. from there on, I've only been a shooter since I was 20, I guess, 22 and a half, 22 and a half. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and then from there on, I stayed so in you, the same world for a long you time. were young dealing with a lot of heavy stuff. Um, you know, it's journalism. I mean, especially in New Mexico, things are really weird there. Um, when I was in Farmington and that place is like a cesspool for strange, it's, and it's so off the beaten path that a lot of the crazier stories don't get picked up by the local news. Like one time a son chopped his mom up and put her in the freezer and that never made any national news. It was just news in Farmington. And so we dealt with a lot of really weird things and kind of, um, I was, I was teamed up with, with a guy named Brett Butterstein, who's always been my best friend. And we would really challenge each other to be better. And we weren't looking at the local photographers. We were looking at James Knockway. We were looking at David Allen Harvey. We were looking at, you know, um, all the greats with Magnum and seven and going, that's how we want to shoot. And so we, since we didn't have a photo editor at the paper, because it was too small, we were our own editors. So we would yeah. just shred, shred each other, like be really hard on each other, trying to get better. And our standard was always being the best, you know, documentary and photojournalist in the world. That that was the level that we were always trying to get to. But then we quit the same week. <laughs> okay, so uh, one, uh, it's commendable that you were able to handle such such a such a heavy life situation uh to and have the wherewithal to uh go through with the you know your documentary photography um i i know it's it's work and and to it's it's interesting that uh you can you have to put yourself into that different space when when, when you're doing uh 
when you're a journalist, um, mm-hmm. I've never had to do it to that extent. <laughs> so a, a lot of uh, that, that, that's really commendable for doing it at, at a young age. Uh, so I wanted to give you total props for that. But okay. uh, you- I, I mean, I did, certainly didn't take it to the level that my heroes have taken it to. I mean, those guys with New York Times and LA Times and all those you know journalists who are really risking things all the time. Those are I never did that. I thought I was going to do that. And then I became a wedding photographer instead, which probably saved my life because I probably would have been killed right away um, because I just it's my nature to get in front of things too much. Um, but those guys are the real deal. Right. But you for i mean still hats off to you oh <laughs> uh, hats off definitely to them but i wanted to give you where uh, credit where credit was due so you both quit the same time and uh go so i'm presuming you're going right into wedding photography um well we'd brett and i had both reached a point where we felt like um we weren't learning anything else at that newspaper we needed to just grow um you know, at that point, both my parents had kind of surprisingly passed away. I was like a little bit felt like I, I've got to just, I've just got to go do something with my life. And yeah. that's when I was decided I was going to be a war photographer. And I was going to I was planning for Iraq. Um, my friend um, um, was helping me kind of prepare for that who had already been there. Um, his name's Max Whitaker. And then the tsunami happened in Asia. So I went there instead. Yeah, And that was the real kind of turning point for me um, because I spent a couple months out there. I photographed, you know, in Banda Aceh, Indonesia, where the main wave hit. Most people, you know, 300,000 people died, um, and which was an experience all in itself. But I also ended up taking a photography workshop with um, Gary Knight and Anthony Karachville and James Nakaway of Seven. And they just shredded me in half. And they really told me and they taught me like what it I needed to be do to be a better photographer and actually tell the story that I wanted to tell um, and basically do it with more heart and give it more effort. And I thought I was a hard worker before, um, but they really beat it into me. Yeah. And so that was a huge turning point in my life. I also realized I was never going to be able to make a living being a photojournalist and, you know, in the way that I wanted to. So when I went home to New Mexico, I thought, OK, well, six months out of the year, I'll be a traveling documentary photographer in six months of the year i'll shoot weddings and then my friend uh, michael cody who is a full-time wedding photographer said you're crazy this wedding business is going to soak up all your life and he was right i literally i had not had any i didn't have any time to do documentary photography after that point because once you're when you run your own business as you well know about five ten percent of the time you're actually behind a camera and 90 percent or 95 percent of the time you're dealing with every other crazy thing that comes up with running a business yeah and especially with weddings just just because of the sheer volume of photos you take and the amount of paperwork you have to deal with and all that kind of stuff and that was 2005 and uh so basically been full-time with weddings since that point right on and and while you're doing weddings uh mm-hmm. you're Totally in the Canon system. Um, well, I shot Nikon film with uh, newspapers, mm-hmm. along with that Fuji Neopan. And after <laughs> that, and then when 
our newspaper was very slow going ditch. And so by the time we finally had the money to go digital, Canon had come out with their 5D. And so that's what Brett and I bought. And yeah. so we were Canon for a long time, which was a great camera. And the 8512 is like still one of my favorite lenses I've ever shot with. Mm-hmm. And, and then when Nikon came out with their D4, Canon seemed to be going so hardcore into video that I felt comfortable enough to stick with Nikon because they seem more purist with the photography side, which is by far what I'm more interested in. This was around the time of the Mark II, uh, the 5D Mark II, right? Yeah, we were we shot the 5D Mark II, but we never went to the 5D3. We went we went to the D4, um, which required buying four D4s at six grand a pop. It was horrible. Like I'm so glad those days are over that we never have to spend that <laughs> amount of money unless we buy a you know medium format camera. And from the D4 up until the XT4 came out, we've been using two systems. And it really wasn't until the X-Pro3 came out that I was like, okay, I can leave I can leave DSLRs behind now. I don't need them. The, XT, the X-Pro3 is so good. But Aaron wasn't comfortable enough yet with shooting an X-Pro3. She likes the more DSLR kind. And I didn't think the X-T3 was good enough yet to leave the Nikons. But with the X-T4, that was that was instant. We're like, bye-bye Nikon. Yeah. And, and so your entire team hasn't looked back. You're, are you doing both photo and video with, with the Fuji system? Well, Aaron and I shoot Fuji. Ryan shoots Fuji. Vlad shoots a hodgepodge of everything with his video. And Mauricio in Italy still shoots Canon. He's still got his Canon rig, his fiance. They all have Canon. So he's still shooting Canon. So it's four or three, three fifths of us have Fuji's. Yeah, that's not bad. That's a, that's a, that's not a bad ratio. You'll get the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told him you can have my X Pro twos um, <laughs> because I still have a couple of those. Uh, but yeah, I think I think he's so in love with that eighty five one two that I will have to give him a fifty at one zero to get him to leave that Canon system. Have you tried the fifty one zero yet? No, I haven't even seen one in real life. Is it cool? I, I, I same here. I, I I was about to ask you a whole slew of questions, but no. Uh, Carolyn Tran has one, and she really likes it. That's the only person I know that's actually touched one. It looks amazing, and yeah, um, yeah, it does. And I, you know, I like the fifty six one two so much, and I don't know how much difference the the bokeh could be, but I've. I understand that there's kind of a magic to the lens, kind of like the 35 one four that I do believe in. And there is a magic to that lens. So I kind of expect the same thing out of the 50. That's it's the big, lens. Though. Yeah. That's the lens that I fell back in love with uh, this year. Uh, it, Me too. It, it is something that I sold off a while ago. I, I, for my personal work, I had the, what is it? The 16 to 55, two uh, eight on mm-hmm. one camera and then I would have the 90 millimeter on another camera because right. back in the Canon days, 135 uh, F2 was such a great portrait lens. That lens is awesome. And that I, 90 is awesome. I kick myself for selling that lens one day. And so that's, so I bought that. I, I sold my 56 one, two, four, just so I could buy that lens. Oh, cool. And, and then this year it, for, I, I got the, I had the means to get it. So I did. And like, it has, 
been my primary camera. Uh, I'm using the X-T3 and 35, uh, 1.4, like 90% of the time. Um, I'm really considering selling my uh, 16 to 55. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's not over the lens I will ever own. Um, I don't like the zooms too much, but um, I think that's yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah, and mm, I, I don't know. I I think I'm, my next camera is definitely going to be the X Pro Three. Uh, to to your point about having that LCD screen hidden and, and not being a distraction. Oh, just get the XT Four. It's better. Like if I had common sense, I would just get XT4s. Yeah, but I, I just but like that, shooting the XPro3 so much. Yeah, th- that rangefinder style is something that I really dig too. Yeah, I, I I do too, but I don't find myself using the optical viewfinder that much. It's like one every once a month, maybe, and I use electronic all the time. I just like the way the XPro3 feels so much. That's yeah. the reason I get it. Um, but yeah, all the it feels like the XT4 is better camera. I mean, I wish I could get both, but <laughs> yeah, T4 is cheaper. For that is true. It, it is cheaper. Um, oh, the dilemmas. Have you um, shot an XT4 yet? No, I. Um, no, nah, I haven't. I haven't done. Wait, that yet. wait until you hold one and shoot it before you make the decision. Um, I, I, I've read stories where you're like, "Oh, you should just keep an XT3." Man, I think the XT4 is so much better than XT3. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're so uh, photography wise, they're so close. the The biggest difference that you're going to see is uh, in, in the video quality. With, with uh, yeah, I think that photo quality is the same. I just think the camera reacts better. You think so? Shoots, shoots faster. The shutter is a lot better, quieter in a really good way. Um, the buttons. It, I just like the camera a lot more. You're selling me. That's that, that's for certain. Um, <laughs> I need to. I need somebody else to hire me to uh, make that move now. Um, knock on wood. <laughs> so, with your move to uh, South Carolina, you said um, yes, Charleston. Charleston. How how has that affected your business? Uh, and how has the current global climate really? Uh, affected things well it's changed a lot <clears throat> when we came here um we moved here with the idea that we would probably be having a kid so we wanted to be closer to aaron's parents to help us because at that point we we're basically on the road the whole year um, yeah because we didn't sh- even though we were living in san francisco we rarely shot in san francisco if we did it was up in napa yep. um so we're constantly on uh, flying and if we were going to have a kid and continue flying at all that we needed parents around and we also opened a full-on portrait studio, like a high-volume portrait studio. And we ran that for the last three and a half years as well. Um, with COVID, we closed that down just because there wasn't you know, the possibility for work. I mean, who's going to come into a, you know, a contained room with a stranger? Yeah. You know, anytime soon. Um, so we, we closed that down. So we've kind of gone back to kind of doing what we do best, which is, you know, floating around a little bit. I mean, I, I've, I've gone out to San Francisco once. I think we've got to go up to New York in a couple or three weeks for another wedding. Um, so we're still floating around a little bit. We've tried to drive a little bit more. So 
COVID has definitely kind of given us the freedom to kind of go back to what we like doing the most, which is shoot photographing less people in a more creative way versus being in a, you know, studios a little bit more, um, you tend to do a lot of the same things over and over because you're shooting high volume and you're shooting a lot of families. So there's not a lot of creativity you can pull out of a group photo of five. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, but it was a really great learning experience and it was really fun for a long, it was fun for those three and a half years. I, we knew we weren't going to do it for the rest of our lives. And then COVID came around and just kind of sped things, sped that, I sped that up yeah. by two and a half years. And I mean, so yeah, you, you, you got your learning experience, you got your, um, feet wet and, mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was an easy transition to move forward. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was, it was the blessing that COVID has given us is it's kind of given us our, of that kind of freedom back to be the photographers that we're best at. Yeah. Um, and also our daughter's older now, so we can travel, more easily because she really loves her grandparents and she doesn't complain when we're gone. And so Aaron and I can get back on the road as soon as the planes start, you know, flying more regularly and people feel confident in having, you know, you know, more destination type weddings again. But right now I think it's more going to be kind of, you know, what you're experiencing right now, smaller weddings outside closer to home. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. With all the changes that are happening right now, what do you envision uh, you and your wife or and or you and your team uh, doing? Uh, are you looking to do any other types of photography or uh, we a uh, majority of our business right now is family family shoots, which I really like. Yeah. Um, so because we we've gotten to and most of those are for past clients. So it's just a continuation of working with the same people over and over, which is the best because we kind of get to grow old you know, with the families that we're photographing. Like I see the kids at birth and I see them at two and then I see them at four and it's like, it's really cool. Um, And so when I like go back to San Francisco, that's usually why I do. I'll shoot like one wedding. And then I, last time I went, I did 12 shoots in five days. One was a wedding. The other 11 were family sessions. And so um, that's kind of like our life right now is, you know, one of my big heroes is a guy named, Larry Tal, he's a magnet photographer. And, you know, I think he lives up on a farm in Canada and he probably doesn't have a huge number amount of expenses and he shoots the documentary stories he wants to do. And that's the life I've always wanted. Something simple where you can really just concentrate on the photography that you want to do and you don't have to worry about having to pay a massive studio rent. And you can, you know, because I really feel like what photography is about is taking photos that are going to be around for hundreds of years, right? And that takes to do that work well you need time you need access to people's lives you need people to trust you that's very hard to do on a a more on a deeper level when they're only coming in for 45 minutes in a studio so the best gift that you can give me is just time with you and so these family sessions i feel like i get a little bit more time now i get to understand them a little bit more um and i'm always trying to take the photo that's going to like be the most important photo them that they when they look back, they think, oh, that's me. That's that's how I felt. Um, and that's what I like doing. What I really enjoy about your photography, uh, whether it's uh, photographing, it looks like uh, some models here and there, but uh, couples or family I've shoots. I've never photographed a model in my life. Okay. So the way you photograph them looks very model-like. Model 
Yeah, um, I, maybe we have pretty people as clients, but I no, I've never <laughs> done I've never done model shoots. I'm looking at your for, Instagram like right now. But your framing uh, of of the couple, you have this great eye to use the 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 setting to to frame a couple. Like uh, I, I, the most recent one you have is uh, the couple kissing with uh, a, a lot of red around them. It's an ocean setting. Um, what were their names? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, is it on the blog or I, I don't want to click around because I'll, it is literally the last photo you posted on your Instagram. Oh, okay. Um, that's, let me, let me check and see that is really quick and see if it's, could be mine. It could be Aaron's shot. It could be Mauricio's shot. It could be Ryan's shot. Um, Oh, that's Aaron's brother. No, that's my shot. Um, so, you know, that starts with like an idea, like that's the fabric from their ceremony location. Yeah. And so I was trying to use that, incorporate that into the photo because it was important to them. And then her dad suggested I use it as well. So that was cool. So I got to play with it a little bit more. Um, that was actually, I was testing, I was doing a lens challenge for Fuji with the 50 F2. I guess that's the main assignment that I've had from them. They haven't released yet. They they sent us a lens and they said, shoot this and come up with something cool. And I was trying to shoot that with the 50 and it was a little bit too tight. So I switched to my 23 and that's the shot with the 23. But so much of like my color and composition comes from looking at the photographers who I love most, like Joachim Ladefoged at Seven, or Nakwe, or David, Alan Harvey, Harvey, Alex Webb, those guys, and incorporate the, the little bits that I find most fascinating about their work and incorporate it into wedding photography. Um, because I feel like wedding photography can be so bland and straightforward. And um, it doesn't mean we don't take really straightforward, boring photos all the time. We do. Uh, but we're also trying to really get something that's a little bit weirder, more abstract. You need something to balance the the necessary shots because, of course, the parents want to have that 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 one portrait that they could hang on the wall, sure. and yeah. uh, everybody wants to 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 remember the moments of their day. But in addition right. to that, uh-huh. we're adding the icing to the cake. And yeah, and yeah, totally. Absolutely. And this is just what I like visually. You know, these are the types of pictures I like looking at. So that's what I take. I'm just lucky that, you know, so far, knock on wood, that people have liked them enough to hire us to do them. Um, but yeah, I just I just like weird pictures that may I, I, I want to I, I want people to kind of stop and question and think, like, how did they take that or why did they take that? You know, and, yes. and feel something. And just your use of framing is so nice it, it, it is it, it, that that's exactly what i was thinking when i, I saw that photo uh <laughs> what what are you shooting through <laughs> um, yeah it's just a piece of fabric that's awesome but it's just something just uh, something as simple as a little piece of fabric can make or break uh or, or liven up a photo um in, in such an amazing way and while we're talking about uh, before we go to the next topic, tell the world where they can find uh, your photos so they they can probably some I should have done at the beginning of the show uh, so they could follow along and kind of look at your photos. Um, Every everything is ChrismanStudios.com. So C H R I S M A N Studios.com. 
and that's our hashtag for or that's our name for instagram facebook and everything social um, perfect yeah so everybody should check it out everybody should follow amazing photos and i i've been having a great time just looking through and, and uh again the framing is uh, aside from the color uh, the, the framing that you use is just amazing. And, and that's what I've been drawn to with, with your photography. Thanks. I mean, definitely composition comes from Nakle. You know, before wedding, I'll go look at Inferno, um, which is his main book that absolutely is kind of like my Bible. Yeah. And I'll go and I'll look at his compositions. Um, and, you know, it's it's not like this, this just pops into my head. You know, I, I studied a lot of people and I like you know, figured out what I liked and so much of so much of what I do is from James Nockway. That guy is just the end yeah. be all for me. Right on. And so going back to the, the, the color science and back to the Fujifilm cameras, mm-hmm. um, well, so what's your primary setup right now? Um, XT4, I would imagine. I'm shooting X-Pro 3s. X-Pro 3s, that's right. Yeah, yeah, um, I shoot the X-Pro 3s because... Um, and so I've, you know, I've always, I've, I like shooting gritty black and white photos and I like shooting color. I mean, my color inspiration is Nat Geo. So anything that's shot on slide or looks like a shot on slide, I like. Um, so I've always used the Velvia setting with Fuji until recently and the, um, classic neg switched me over. So we, I used to shoot with that all the time. And I punch the color up a little bit Yeah, um, with that. I mean, I don't shoot JPEG. I, I, we do shoot raw. So what we've done is we, because we have a lot of different cameras, you know, I have the X-Pro3, the X-Pro2, the X-T4. Um, Ryan has an X-H1 and X-Pro2. Mm-hmm. So it's all over the place. So we've, we've got a couple camera settings or Lightroom presets that we do that kind of blend it and kind of try to make it look like a punchier version of classic neg. Yeah, because I mean, I have a very limited color palette. You'll see the same colors on our website all the time um, because those are the colors that we like. Um, we haven't deviated from that much in 15 years. We like, you know, we like primary colors and we like black and whites. And so that's what you see all the time. That's what we shoot for. That's what we look for. Are you able to use the the color, uh, the Fujifilm color profiles in Lightroom? Or I always do. Yeah, that's where we start with the classic neg. We start okay. with classic neg and go from there. Right on. It's just sometimes like if I we apply the classic neg to the X Pro Two, it's not going to translate. So that's why we have a have a preset that kind of takes the classic neg and then works with X Pro Two, even though it doesn't totally work. So you make a your own preset, a uh, custom yeah, preset of right. that. Yeah, but if we can start, if we are shooting X Pro Three or X Pro, yeah, X Pro Three or the XT Four, then we start with with classic neg. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I really have grown to love it. I think the skin tones with that preset is amazing um at first you know aaron would look at a photo and she would it was between velvia or classic neg she would pick the velvia because we're more used to the more punchy but i didn't love the way velvia or don't love the way velvia works with skin tones that much and i love the way the classic neg does so i'm trying to take the skin of the classic neg and a little bit of color from the velvia and punch it i agree with that that same same thing uh velvia uh, Velvia, uh, however you pronounce it, <laughs> you got me saying Velvia now. Um, the, yeah, I don't know how you said it. <laughs> I, it's all good. I, I think I'm saying Velvia cheese. I don't know. 
I'm I'm also hungry. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I need to diet. Um, <laughs> the the colors are great, skin tones not so much. But I've had that issue with uh, classic neg too. Uh, I find, at least from my personal point of view, and maybe it, it just so happens to because of how I'm photographing or where or the time of day I'm <laughs> photographing, things tend to be a little bit too brown, muddied, uh, very, it, it turns very rusty. Um, With classic neg, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It doesn't work for certain lighting conditions as well as other lighting conditions, right? Like indoors, I don't think it's that great. I haven't gotten it to work that well. Horrible um, indoors, especially if you have fluorescent lighting. Yeah, right. So there's no like perfect thing. Um, that's, that's why I like black and white so much. But yes. <laughs> um, but I but I, I keep my camera set on it. Like I've always been one of those, like even when I shot Nikon, I shot on the saturated mode, the Velvia mode, Velvia, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And um, because I like being inspired when I'm shooting and – so I, I'm, I'm looking for that to begin with. Um, but yeah, indoors, it's, it's, it's definitely a trickier thing. Luckily, we have a really great retoucher named Matt, and he kind of saves my butt all the time with that stuff. He, he's able to think through it and, and give us what we're going for, no matter what you know, camera we're using. Yeah. But... It's, when I you, would like to shoot JPEG. I watched Kevin Mullen's video yesterday on using that X series software. That's the X raw, which is where it uses the camera to process the raw files. That's really cool. So I tweaked out a bunch of presets for that yesterday. I don't know if I'll actually use it that much, but um, it's really cool that you can do that. For personal projects, I think I might be doing that. Uh, yeah, not for weddings. Yeah, definitely. I, I can't. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> no, no. Um, but really fun because I was able to like, you're able to think through it a little bit and like figure out because the way I tone personal photos is quite a bit different than the way I tone photos for clients mm -hmm. with personal photos of like Roxy and Aaron, I tend to go way darker and grittier and edgier. And with client photos, obviously I can't do that. So I kind of have a look for the way I do photos of my family versus photos of everyone else's family. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, but your photos are fantastic, and I highly recommend everybody go check it out. Um, ben, is awesome talking to you, and, and I would I would stay on the phone longer just to talk shop and uh, talk about – I mean, I could go on and on about your style. Uh, it's, it, from one wedding photographer to another, it's, it's just amazing. And um, Thank you. I really appreciate that. And cool. for one, especially in this time, you know, like sometimes you wonder whether, you know, you're ever going to shoot the same number of weddings that you used to shoot. Like it's all weird. So like just just the idea of being a wedding photographer, I really like because I miss it. It's and even as a wedding photographer, while photographing a wedding, seeing how it's been cut back to uh to where it is right now, like you know that these people want to party more and, and it's kind of <laughs> right. like been suppressed and it's like, Oh, I really wish I could see where this party could go. And, and then of course there's the opposite end where you see a party go a little too far. It's like, I really, 
wish you would all just wear a mask right now. <laughs> right. It sounds like you're seeing a lot more than we are. Aaron photographed a wedding a few weeks ago in Savannah um, with her friend Morgan, and it was like 60 people with no masks at all. But luckily, we haven't heard any reports of COVID coming out of that. But everything we've been doing lately is relatively small, a lot of elopements. Um, yeah. Uh, that's what I've had lately. It's, it's probably one step up above a elopement. And uh, so Massachusetts is ha- has its own set of rules, but most of my business comes from New Hampshire, and New Hampshire uh-huh. is a lot less um, has a lot less uh, infections, and so a lot less restrictions. Um, so it's 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 been like a double edged sword. Everybody's mm-hmm. being very cautious, but then. it's a really weird time to be a photographer like i want to shoot but i also don't want to be in front of a bunch of strangers and i don't think since because i'm a photographer and i am in front of a lot more people than i think most people i'm the risky one right and do i want to put people other and i've been tested twice and came up negative and i but i have no antibody i did the antibody test i came up negative too so i haven't gotten it yet so it's just a weird time to be a shooter uh it really is yeah glad when this is gone Oh my god, I, I absolutely cannot wait. Yeah, I'm on uh, COVID test number six, um, and you, again, negative. <laughs> right, right, six. You should update your website. It says two so far. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I actually have it on my. Uh, I think it's on my frequently uh, the the frequently asked questions that people download. Yeah. Okay. I have. I think I have it as two crossed out, three crossed out. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, what a weird time it is. A weird time <laughs> and uh hopefully it'll all be over soon um that's what... yeah it probably won't be but when it is like you know it's it's it'll make us appreciate being photographers even more i think it's i think coming out of this people are definitely going to value photography even more because they realize you know it slowed us all down and made us think about like who really matters in our lives and having you know having those memories it's not just the picture it's just like the feeling and memory of like being able to see that person that you love when they're gone. I mean, that's, that's going to make a lot more sense now. Yes. And again, whoever, uh, whoever's listening, I hope everybody is safe wherever you are in the world. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy times, but you know, hopefully things will start getting back to normalcy soon, please soon. <laughs> yes. Um, but Chris, awesome talking to you. Uh, tell the world where they can find you on the web again. They can go to crispinstudios.com. Perfect. And everybody should check them out. Uh, awesome photography, awesome Instagram. And you could go to the Instagram right from the website. Uh, just follow the Instagram icon and, and you'll be able to check it out. Follow and comment because they're all great photos. So, Chris, thank you for being on the show. We'll have to bring yeah, you back right. on uh, sometime in the future to talk about cool. i definitely want to touch on like your, your past photography um the, the 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 stuff in new mexico sounds really really wild so <laughs> all right well, i appreciate it thanks so much thanks for spending the time to say hi and uh i love your website thanks man take care all right.